Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got an awesome story of some old school revenge. But first, let's turn the heat up with a story from an anonymous poster, Flame War. Years ago, when AOL was still a big thing, Facebook and Twitter weren't even thought of yet. There were discussion alt and SOT type news groups, which were the popular way of sharing information on any specific topic. There was an individual who would always be around the men's rights or divorce slash child custody forums and had actually started a business as a consultant for men who found themselves in trouble. The thing was, he was a loudmouth who would verbally attack and insult anyone who disagreed with him, mostly women. He'd try to intimidate, often by looking up any information he could find on the person and then stalking them offline, posting home addresses, workplace information, names of family members. Most who argued with him would either be scared away or would tire of him repeating the same rants over and over and would kill file him and move on. I was someone who was posting to the men's group as well about my own experiences with child custody matters. I thought it would be helpful to take the modest information I'd learned and formulate it into a website where others could benefit from it. This was around the time when GeoCities was a service that actually allowed one to create web pages well before the age of WordPress or Wix. This particular guy took exception to me and my web pages, probably because I was providing info for free which he wanted to charge thousands of dollars for. He began attacking me and following me all over the internet, scouring for any information he could find about me. I probably would have tired of him rather quickly, like so many of his other targets, but along the way, he learned that I'd served in the Marine Corps. He took this and began spreading lies that I'd been dishonorably discharged, fled from the enemy in combat, committed adultery with the wives of the men I'd served with, etc., I took these lies very personally. I served two enlistments, including combat service, and was honorably discharged. So instead of continuing to create web pages about men's issues, I changed my tack and instead created a page about this individual. First, I chronicled his attacks against me, culminating with his false smears about my military service. He'd made several statements about the type and reason of discharge I'd received, each of which contradicted the others. You can't get a medical discharge for mental issues and a dishonorable discharge for conduct unbecoming. So I reproduced each of his posted statements. I also collected instances where he'd harassed others, degraded women, threatened to have one assaulted, and reproduced all of this with the full post headers. One of his tactics was to complain to his detractor's internet provider, sending several emails a day, threatening them with legal action until they would grow tired of it and close the person's account. He got this webpage of mine suspended because it was on a free provider who didn't have the resources to deal with his constant complaining. So I purchased my very own .com domain, a pretty big deal at that time, and the domain was about followed by his name. Then I found an inexpensive web hosting service in Australia which would ignore his frantic complaints and uploaded my pages there, all the while expanding them as he continued to harass. Because the domain and the content of the pages contained his name, the internet search engines indexed it and people like his professional colleagues and prospective clientele would easily find the site and read about how he was carrying on. 
I expanded the site with more documentation. He claimed to be a financial wizard, but I found the public record of a bankruptcy filing he'd done and posted the PDF to my site. He claimed to possess a degree in child psychology, but when I found his CV, it turned out his education had come from a well-known diploma mill, meaning he paid a fee to an unaccredited university and they sent a degree in the mail. Yep, I posted that on the site too. All the while, he's threatening to sue me, telling me all about the massive law enforcement investigation which is about to arrest and charge me, but all the information on the site was true, and most of it was reproduced from his own words as posted in various places on the internet. He would also belittle everyone in the divorce groups about what horrible spouses and parents we must be, often posting outright lies that we'd been charged with child abuse, spousal abuse, committing adultery, etc., all the while claiming what a great family person he was. It came to light that his own daughter hated his guts, probably because he ignored her for years while he hammered away as a keyboard warrior. It came to our attention that his daughter had actually done adult entertainment. In somewhat of a jerk move, I emailed him privately, mentioning the stage name she'd used, which was at that point not public knowledge, and some taunting remark that it would be terrible if this got out. Nevertheless, I refrained from exposing it, feeling that it would hurt the daughter who had done nothing to anyone. No matter, the guy himself took my entire email and publicly posted it on the internet, revealing her information himself. This went on for years, and over time, many colleagues and trade organizations began severing ties with him. The bankruptcy itself was probably, at least in part, the result of his business suffering because of his conduct online, and my site calling attention to it. According to his filing, he'd gone from a six-figure income to near-minimum wage over the course of a couple of years. The entire time, there was a notice on the bottom of my webpage as well, making reference to his original false statements about my military service. If he could provide proof to back up his claims about my discharge, I would agree to immediately remove the pages. The other part of this was, he could simply admit that he'd lied and make a public apology after which I'd also remove the pages and leave the net. Rather than do this, he allowed his business to be run into the ground. Some years ago, he died alone and penniless. Does this story also resonate with you guys nowadays more than ever? It just seems like every day you're dealing with a constant heavy bombardment of people making frivolous claims and trying to pass it as the truth. Social media as a whole nowadays is just so rampant with people that, regardless of what is the actual truth, will push their narrative and take it as the truth as, as far as they can take it. Do you guys sometimes wish that social media didn't exist? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And while you're at it, make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss my daily videos with awesome stories like this next one from TalonCard815 got revenge on an April Fool's Joker with a petty joke. First off, I know many will say this is just a joke that circulates. Yes it is, I managed to successfully pull it off with the help of a few people. My friend likes to pull the simple April Fool's jokes. He does it constantly. This year, he happened to be going to Disney World from March 27th to April 2nd. He's also a fan of the Lion King. Yep, that's where we're going. He's also not the sharpest tool in the shed, hence the reason this worked. I told his wife what I had planned, and she was on board completely. I tell him that he's lucky he'll be there on the first of the month. Careful not to say April, because they have a Lion King special on the first, which is King's Day, 
When he goes to eat dinner, he has to remember to ask for it. March 31st comes. I text him that night to remember to order the Lion King special tomorrow. He texts back that his wife already reminded him. April 1st, they go to dinner, and he asks for the Lion King special. The waiter says, excuse me, sir? He says, yeah, the hot tuna piccata sandwich. It's only offered on the first of the month. The waiter goes, the hot tuna piccata that's offered on the first of the month. They say, yes, that one. The waiter says, so you want a hot tuna piccata, the Lion King special, on April Fool's Day? At this point, his wife loses it and busts out laughing. Again, him not being the sharpest tool in the shed goes, what's so funny? The waiter breaks into song, hot tuna piccata, what a wonderful phrase. The wife told me she had tears streaming down her face as he realizes it and says, that son of a witch, he got me. My only regret is I wasn't able to see it in person. John, if you by some chance are reading this, gotcha. Ain't no passing craze. Not gonna lie, this is actually the first time I've ever heard of the hot tuna piccata prank, but it's pretty darn good. Our next story is by Dublin Cheesy. Roommate left a mess, so I dumped his prized herb garden. In college, lease was up on an apartment I shared with another student. I had a vacation the second week before move out and he was going on vacation and moving out before I got back from vacation. So we planned and agreed to what each of us were responsible for before I left on my vacation. However, when I got home and he was already gone, I saw he had used my dishes to cook and eat, but he didn't even wash them. He cleaned his part of the apartment and took his own dishes, but he left a gross mess of rotting food on my dishes. No note, apology, or anything. Just a little screw you on the way out the door. The incredible thing was he didn't even finish moving his own stuff, but we had to be out before he would return from his vacation. It was pretty incredible because he left the two of the things most valuable to him. One was an heirloom painting from his grandma, and the other was a collection of herbs he'd been growing for years. Looking at all the containers that comprised his garden, I realized I had a few choices. Here are those choices in order of least work for me to most work. 1. Take them to the next door neighbor who we were friends with for that friend to keep for a week. 2. Make multiple trips down the hall, down the stairs, past the parking area, past the next building, and then toss them one by one into the commercial garbage bin. 3. Make a special moving trip or two just for those herbs to carefully transport them to my new place and then unload them and care for them for another week until he got back. Number 3 was out of the question. Number 2 was a lot more work over number 1, but this is the petty revenge sub after all. When he returned and heard from mutual friends that I dumped his prized garden, he apparently got quite upset. Oops. Our friends set a date and time to meet at my place, and they came with him because they were afraid it would turn into a fight. Double oops. I didn't give a care. Wasn't afraid of him to begin with, and I still had his grandma's painting. Anyway, he comes over and starts yelling at me about how much his herb garden was worth, blah blah blah. I said that's his problem. He should have cleaned my dishes after using them and should not have left food out in the summer when he knew that I would not return for a few days. He was a little embarrassed when our friends looked at him like, what a jerk move. Still mad, but now more whining than yelling, I told him to wait a moment. I went to the back room and brought out his grandma's painting. Everyone knew about that painting, so they were shocked that one, he pulled that jerk move, two, he left his whole garden, and three, left that painting. Giving him the painting, I told him he's lucky I saved that painting and the loss of the herbs was a good lesson for him. He was ticked off again. 
triple oops. We went to the same college in a small town, so although I never hung out with him again, I heard about him from his friends every now and then. For the next two years, I heard every once in a while that he was still pissed off because it cost him hundreds of dollars and many months to replace that garden. For as much as this guy was pissed off, they sure did handle things with such a lack of care. Imagine having anything you spent hundreds of dollars on an hour setting up and then you just leave it behind when you move? You basically abandon it at that point. You shouldn't be mad that OP did anything with it, especially for how much of a jerk you were being. Our next story is by TB Fitz. Good luck on your own. So this happened a few years back, so forgive me for being fuzzy with details. This all started around June. Also, mandatory English, not first language warning. I used to work as a salesperson. The job, coworkers, and customers were generally great. So great, they had me tolerate the awful owner. He was your general terrible boss, treating employees as lesser people, coming in late if at all, refusing requests for time off at the last moment, etc. Then came the worst stunt he pulled. Fridays, we used to stay open until 9pm instead of the regular 6pm. One Friday, he came up to me and said, OP, I've decided that it's not fair you never work this late shift, so you will also have to. You can choose when you start doing so, tonight or next week. I tried arguing I had prior engagements, but he wouldn't have it. That's when I started plotting. I knew one of my coworkers was studying in a completely different field, and she was nearing her finals. Another coworker had expressed she wanted to go back to school starting September. I contacted HR using a different phone number than the one on file, gave them a random name, just so I could confirm my one month's notice could legally be sent by email. Before his four week vacation, just as expected, both my coworkers gave their notice. I'd been on several interviews by then and landed a new job. Once he was away for a week, I sent him my own notice via email. His connection on his vacation address was sketchy at best, so it took him two more weeks to find out his last remaining employee was leaving as well. Safe to say, both his vacation and his business were ruined, and I got lower stress and a better paying job in return. This just continues to reinforce the theme of people don't quit bad jobs, they quit bad managers. It's one thing if the job is so-so as long as it pays, but if somebody above you is going to be absolutely horrid to work with, you're just not going to stick around and you're not going to deal with that. Our next story is from Alia Stark, Dave Matthews Band. After a decade of front house work, I'm now a dishwasher at a popular outdoor restaurant. When I started, we had a true unicorn of a head chef. Super chill, very talented, a big fan of customers who would come specifically to see and order food from her. Unfortunately, nothing gold can stay so. After months of back-to-back doubles, she left us to take another job that valued her time more. Her replacement is a grumpy old misogynist who freaking loves Dave Matthews' band as much as he hates working with women who don't defer to him without question. But don't call him chef. He doesn't go in for that BS. The guy complains constantly, but like, to himself. And if you acknowledge it, he will straight up ignore you. Yesterday I wasn't feeling well. I'm in the middle of a truly gnarly period, and my boyfriend's sick, and I probably got two hours of sleep. I and literally everyone else who works in the kitchen aside from grumpy not chef am too short to hang up the pans, so I put them on the table next to where they hang. This prompted him to say, we may as well not even have a dishwasher. I responded saying, is there a problem? Silence. 
I am literally too short to hang these up, and last time I tried, I got elbowed in the boob, so I'm not trying to have that happen again. Silence. Okay, buddy, whatever. Then he told our 21-year-old server, in nursing school, she frequently brings study material for slow times in the kitchen, that men like women who study but not too much. Charming. Today it's been three months straight of Dave Matthews Band all day, every day. I once tried to put my music on, Leanne Lahava's very chill singer-songwriter, nothing annoying or offensive, and he screamed about how it was too loud and turned off the speakers. I had not adjusted the volume. No one else had tried to play their own stuff since, and neither did I. Instead, after the third version of Trippin' Billy's, I waited until he walked far enough away that his Bluetooth disconnected from the speaker. I quickly connected mine, but didn't put anything on. He came back in and spent about 10 minutes frantically but silently trying to figure out how to get his synced back up. He turned off the speakers to reset them, and I quickly connected my phone again. Three times. After about half an hour, I had to go to the bathroom, and when I came back he had it set back up. None the wiser, but definitely the more annoyed. I can't tell anyone right now because he's still here but I'm so pleased to have this petty weapon in my arsenal, and I plan on employing it every time he goes for a smoke. It's a boy's, woman's, dream. If this is like a proper Bluetooth speaker, I just hope that nobody gives OP a call. I guess they can have vibration on where only their media is playing? Just imagine how awkward it would be if OP slipped up and their ringtone started playing. Worth it though, honestly, just to piss this guy off. This next story is by Annie Jack, Easter decorations. This happened a few years ago. A few neighbors had Easter decorations out. Bunnies, oversized plastic eggs, etc. One neighbor had a three to four foot wooden cross with a purple stole draped over it. It was quite nice looking and very tasteful in my opinion. The neighbor with the cross received a letter from the homeowners association saying her decoration was violating HOA rules. She contacted the HOA to ask which rule she was violating. They said no holiday decorations allowed other than in December. She then checked with the other neighbors with decorations, and none of them had received a letter. She contacted the HOA again and asked for the specific clause stating no holiday decorations. Turns out no such clause existed. The HOA president didn't mind the more secular decorations, bunnies, chicks, eggs, etc., but didn't like the cross. The petty revenge? Next year, she had a six-foot blow-up cross. You know, you want to talk politics? Sure, you should probably be able to separate your religion in a platform like that. But come on, you're talking about somebody's own home, regardless of an HOA. In fact, I think if you try to control somebody from dolling their house up for a religious holiday they celebrate, you're probably a terrible person. Imagine basically trying to tell somebody, No, you can't decorate your own home for a religious holiday that you celebrate. Our next story is by IPSOS Custodes420. Accuse me of smoking pot in your bathroom? Okay. So here's another one of my, 33-year-old female, stories about living with Chad, 36-year-old male. So one day, I was watching TV in the living room, messaging friends back and forth. I had just used the washroom. In an unladylike fashion, took a rank woodland-sized dump in the bathroom, I became nose blind to it. About 10 minutes later, Chad gets home and walks into the bathroom and comes out into the living room and says, what does my bathroom smell like? So being a smart bud, I said, I don't know, what? 
He repeated the question again, more sternly, and I just looked at him and told him I'd used it to poop right before he got home. He repeated the question again. Now, it's legal in my area, and I was a teen once, so I put two and two together and said, Oh, come on now, I wasn't doing drugs in your bathroom. He told me that he didn't mind the use of, but not in his house. I told him that's fine, because I hadn't had any since I moved in months before, and I like smoking it outside, even in freezing cold weather. He proceeded to tear apart all my stuff in the bathroom, and then started ripping my room apart, trying to smell the stash, until I showed him the bank statement of the last time I bought any, long before I moved in. He sulked in the bathroom, texting me that it smelled bad, he doesn't do anything substances, so I don't think he knows what it smells like. So I picked up some essential oils of his favorite smells, and I started to make increasingly enticing smell diffusers that I would leave randomly around the house. It would arouse him enough to think that I was making his favorite foods or ask what the amazing smell was, and I would reply with, what smell? Drove him nuts. Just imagine how embarrassing it would be to be like in the same social circle after you break up and being able to repeat that story over and over again of how they thought you taking a dump in the bathroom and how they tore the part of place looking for the substances when the entire time it was just you having went to the bathroom. Our next story is by Broken Softly, Thump, Thump, Thump. I live in an apartment below a herd of elephants. When we had an earthquake, I woke up legitimately thinking that the neighbors were just jumping up and down at 5 in the morning. I could go on and on, but that's the gist. I bought a cat toy that attaches to the door frame with a toy on a bungee cord. My kitties absolutely love it. An unexpected side effect is that a cat will catch the toy, try to walk away with their prize, and then the toy gets caught by the bungee. The toy goes thump against the ceiling and the cats try again. Within half an hour, they can catch it a good 5-7 to times. I usually put it up between 5 and 8 p.m. when I get home so I can supervise them playing. The neighbors have been much quieter lately. That's really a good way to describe it, living in an apartment below a herd of elephants. I've never had to deal with living in an apartment, but reading all these stories and knowing how based in truth they are, I feel bad for the people that do have to just somehow make do with people stomping around all the time. Like if I put myself there, how could I even like go and have the time to read all these stories if people around upstairs were like giving a good old every so often. Our next story is by Potatoes Lad. Cut me off in the drive-thru? I think not. I want to tell the story of the time that someone tried to cut me off in the two-lane drive-thru at McDonald's. It was two lanes that merged into one at the windows. I wasn't necessarily in a hurry, but I finished my order first and started to pull out and they tried to cut in front of me. I drive a crap box Ford freaking Ranger so I just kept going and went around them. They were obviously upset so I paid for their food at the first window. At the second window, I picked up their food and went to work. I like to consider myself an expert of neutral chaos and laugh about that moment to this day. Now I'm just wondering, did they get stuck with OP's order? Or did OP pay for both their order and the other person's order, take both of them and then drive off? Either way, very chaotic for sure. Our next story is by Hop on Bop. You earned this Christmas gift. Today, parked at Wally World finishing my coffee, mom and three kids park across from me, Plops the smallest in a cart from the corral, pushes it 15 feet, cusses bad wheel, yanks the kid out, gets another cart, leaving the first one behind a car. She gets on her phone and they head in, with her fussing they need to hurry up. 
I follow a bit later, grabbing the cart before she left. Of course, she becomes that one that you keep running into over and over, loud on the phone, ignoring or shouting, come on, at the surprisingly well-behaved kids and blocking the aisles. I know she gave at least two employees grief because she didn't have time to mess around. I get done and I'm heading out just in time to hear her say, no, I don't have any quarters, to the two kids sitting on the ride on horse and race car in the vestibule. Well, guess who has a handful of shiny quarters he was holding for another coffee? This guy. Hey, darling, I gotcha. Merry Christmas. You share with your brothers. Gave mom a wink and a Merry Christmas. She gave me a half-butt smile that didn't reach her narrowed eyes. As the horse started trotting, I made my exit. I just hope that over time, this mom's behavior doesn't rub off on those kids. Honestly, bless those really well-behaved kids, especially when their mom is, let's just say, like that. Our next story is by Lei10021. Trick me into Walmart Plus? I'll use your crappy service. One can at a time. I'm trying to get my husband a PS5 for Christmas. I'm not as savvy as many other people out there when it comes to technology, so I'm not having much luck. I tried to get one from Walmart, but the notification said the releases are for Walmart Plus only. I now realize this is a ploy to get people to join, but I figured I would have some luck at least. Wanting to be a good wife, I joined and have now wasted about 12 hours of my life waiting in virtual lines that just eventually disappear, and I'm out $98. Now I know Walmart doesn't really care about my petty revenge, so this is really more for my peace of mind. The only benefit I see from Walmart Plus is that they offer free shipping on any order instead of $5.99 for orders under $35. So I've been using this to my benefit. When I'm at the store and I see an item I think I can get cheaper at Walmart, I look on my app and if it's cheaper, I order it. I'm talking a can of beans, but I do it one at a time. So they have to ship a can of beans to me for free. And then the next day, maybe it's a jar of spices. That way I'm going to save the $98 through comparison shopping for the next year and then they have to ship me those items for free. Again, I know they don't give a flying fig, but it gives me a little satisfaction. Does anyone know of any other ways I can use Walmart Plus and stick it to them? I think maybe a good way you could continue to use this is if you can add multiple addresses, you could probably have somebody cash app you some money and just use your Walmart Plus to ship them some cheapo items too. Just make it convenient for your whole family. Our next story is by Kaya Lily. My great-grandmother learned how to repair her car after her husband tried to force her to stay home. So a little bit of backstory. My great-grandma was born in the late 1920s. So when she got pregnant outside of wedlock, her family forced her to marry my great-grandfather, which really sucked for her because she really didn't like him. She and my great-grandpa pretty much never got along. They were always fighting and would constantly do petty things to each other, like my great-grandma putting a raw piece of meat on two slices of bread when my great-grandpa refused to eat what she made and demanded she make him a sandwich. But my great-grandpa could also be really controlling. My great-grandpa refused to let my great-grandma leave the house to do her own errands or have any form of life. If she wasn't leaving to go to work or doing stuff specifically for or with him, she wasn't allowed to leave. To ensure this, he would take essential parts out of her car when he left for work. He'd take the parts with him and always assumed he had her beat. Well, my great-grandma was a feisty woman who wasn't about to put up with that. So she got a book on basic mechanics to learn how to put her engine back together. 
She then would go buy parts to her car that my great-grandpa would regularly take out. He wasn't a mechanic or anything, so it was always small parts that would be easy to take out and put back in if he knew what you were doing. After he would leave for work, she'd wait a bit to make sure he wasn't coming back for anything, and then she would get the parts. To make sure my great-grandpa didn't know what she was doing, she hid all of the parts and things like flower pots and containers of birdseed that he never messed with. She'd put the part in her car, go into town to do whatever, and then would take the part back out and rehide it before my great-grandpa got home. As far as I know, he never figured out what she was doing. He just smugly believed that he had her completely stranded at home. All the while, she was out on the town living her own life. One final petty thing she did after he passed was to place a whole bunch of plants in his room. They had separate bedrooms since it was custom and they hated each other. She had all kinds of plants in there that he had hated and would never let her keep. She loved those plants and took great care of them until she couldn't anymore. We've tried to put some of those flowers on her grave now that she's passed. If I remember correctly, she's not placed near my grandfather. Love how petty my great-grandma could be. Man, can you just imagine being back in the 1920s and having a culture where if you're having a baby out of wedlock, you're just kind of expected to settle down with that guy, marry them right then and there, and you're just going to have to make it work. And in that culture, a lot of times you were expected to be the subservient housewife. Can you imagine having a ball and chain to some guy that doesn't even treat you well like that? Wants to essentially make sure you can't leave the house reasonably? Honestly, to me, it sounds like a nightmare, and a hundred years later, I think it's pretty great how much we've progressed beyond that kind of culture. But that's not to say you don't hear your fair share of people that say they miss that kind of culture. But with that being said, that's all the time that we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.